Hey, this is Kurt Angle. This is Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Running like this. Pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. We marking out, y'all. Marking out. Talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Mark and Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 543. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at BTTG161. Also joined here by Dave. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at DavidPTDPT. Collectively, you can follow us at Mark and Out, Mark and Out 11 on Instagram, YouTube as well, Facebook.com slash Mark and Out. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code USA from July 1st. It's already July 1st to uh, July 5th. Use that code USA. Get 20% off. You could also go to Manscaped.com. Use the code REGARDLESS and get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Twitch.tv slash out. Use uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify Podcasts. Markingout.com is definitely there as well. Like I said, I am joined by Dave. Dave, how you doing? Hey, Brandon. I'm doing uh doing great. Thanks for asking. That was a really, really... Was a really quick intro. Sorry to cut you off there. <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciate you asking me how I'm doing and stuff. It's it's like you really care. I do care. What does that mean? That sounds sarcastic. No, no, that is not sarcastic. That also sounds sarcastic. No, it is definitely not sarcastic. So, uh, how uh, how about them Cubs? I'm doing awesome as always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we might as well. Uh, sorry, sorry. I, how, was, I, how was your week? Yeah, I know. Sometimes I get very uh, self-absorbed and egotistic, and I just want you to ask me about my week and my day, and I don't really want to ask you about yours but i guess i will and i'm glad that you are awesome as always and yeah this week was incredible and woo, it went by really really quick i am by excited the time to this head off up, to chi town yeah by the time this goes up you're gonna be in chicago yeah chicago so chicago uh yeah if anybody wants to meet me in chicago Come on down. I will be signing autographs at the Pro Wrestling Tees uh, <laughs> um, shop. Um, yeah, we'll be signing autographs over there on Saturday from about 5 a.m. to about 5.01 5 a.m. You lose um, an hour there too, right? What's that? You lose an hour? Yes, that is true. That you is gotta true. have the uh, both both different kinds of Chicago pizza. What's the – you got deep dish and – Yeah, and then they got like that flat crust pizza. Uh-huh. I'm definitely going to have to yeah. try both. Yeah. So, Chicago-style yeah. pizza is not just deep dish, I believe. Incredible. Incredible. How about you? How was your week? Unless I'm wrong. But it was good. I, I played some of the, the Sea of Thieves, the Pirates of the Caribbean stuff that I was talking about last week. And I definitely enjoyed seeing Captain Jack Sparrow and the rest of them in the game, but uh, I don't know. I find myself not being able to do them by myself and and, uh, get everything that I need to get. 
But I did, however, purchase the prison dog. You could either pay real money for it or you get enough ancient coin in the game, you could get it. So I got ancient coins. Uh huh. And uh, I got the prison dog. I named it Rover due to the rumors that the dog from the Carousel of Progress was then moved to Sea of Thieves. Not Sea of Thieves, Pirates of the Caribbean. Jeez. Well, so, wasn't that a thing? Didn't it? I'm not sure. Because the dog there now does not look like the dog there anymore. But it well, definitely. Maybe it was just... I, I think the old dog definitely looks like that dog. So. Maybe it was just the robotics of the dog. You know, like maybe they took the coating well, I mean, of the like the shell off of the robot and the robot itself is the same. I don't know. I, I would say maybe the, the fur from the old, the original Carousel Progress might be the same thing as well. Huh. So that's why my dog's name doesn't my my dog's name is Rover in the game. Because he's ah. the prison dog from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, now it all makes sense, and I'm really glad you clear it, cleared that up for me. Thank you. Yeah, but I also grilled up some steaks. It's summer. How could you not? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Made some roasted potatoes, garlic and onion in there as well. Nice. Yeah. Aside from that, ordered Chinese food. And how'd that go? I uh, So I ordered from a place that I had thought they closed during COVID. Mm-hmm. But uh, they ended up reopening sometime around November, I think. And I had no idea. Really? So I'm that's, happy that they reopened. Cool. Yeah, so I got there, got some food. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's really it. That's awesome. Very cool. So you, uh, you got to, you know, live the dream. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. But... How about this week of pro wrestling? No, no, just joking. It's sports entertainment. And let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Throat cut out there for a second. Oh, you okay? Yeah. Monday Night Raw, though, opened up with Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville announcing that Randy Orton wasn't clear to compete on Monday Night Raw. So there's going to be a battle royal to see who's going to be added to the last chance triple threat match later on in the main event. Riddle showed up with a fake note from Randy Orton saying that he'll take his place and they did end up accepting that. And he won the last chance battle royal to be added on to that triple threat match. Mm -hmm. We saw Drew Gulak defeat Tozawa during this for the 24-7 championship. R-Truth pinned Tozawa, got the championship back, which did not last long because Akira Tozawa is right now the 24-7 champion again. Hmm. I... We, yeah, I love this we, entire interaction. I'm so... I'm happy that it's... Like, that 24-7 championship is always... It's just always around. Yeah, it's been a bit since we've seen it. Yeah, there's been some time. But we also but. saw Amos eliminate the Viking Raiders. We saw Jinder Mahal help him. But the main storyline there would be that Amos is the tag team champion. They are the number one contenders. We saw Mustafa Ali. I think maybe he lent a hand to Mansoor, but then ended up eliminating him from the Battle Royal. 
And it came down to Damian Priest and Matt Riddle. And uh, after Riddle won, he made them play Randy Orton's theme song. They made him. He made. They made them play his pyro. So I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was really funny. After that match, we saw almost a superhero, Nikki Cross, now known as Nikki Ash, defeating Shayna Baszler. Alexa Bliss came out during this. Um, we saw Nikki hit a crossbody onto Nia Jax, Reginald, and Shayna Baszler. But ultimately, I just, uh, I, I don't get it yet. I don't know. It's about um, her being her inner superhero, but I just... You uh, know, if she she came up with it, let her roll with it, you know? Let's see I mean, what I'm happens. Letting it, I'm letting it unfold, but uh, I still, I'm just, I don't get it yet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't get it or anything like that, but, you know, let's see what happens with it. Um, yeah, why not? Now I just have to worry about what happens with 2K22. And I don't even thing... under, like, is there, there's not, the whole roster is going to be, like, constantly changing due to everyone getting released. Mm-hmm. Unless it doesn't, and they, the people who were just recently released still end up making it. I can't see Andrade being in it. I can't see anyone like Hawkins and Ryder making it. So I, I just don't know, even the Iconics. Nah. I have no idea. After that, though, we saw Kofi Kingston put Xavier Woods over and said that many people don't show him the respect that he deserves, which MVP came out, made fun of Kofi Kingston for saying that he's going to beat Lashley at Money in the Bank. Kofi Kingston said that Lashley's gotten soft and he went to attack uh, MVP. He he did attack MVP. Speaking of the, the, the... Respect that they deserve. WWE's top fifty tag teams of all time. New Day's at number one on that on that list. Uh, hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I would all. I would, uh, that's definitely uh, believable too. You know, New Day is a great tag team, and all, all of them in their own right. Uh, I think what's unique with them is that they are, as a tag team, they're incredible. Um individual wise they don't have as much of a um great career i mean they do have a great career i they do have a great career but i feel like their tag team uh career uh shadows what they did individually besides kofi kofi and and biggie definitely have more accolades than xavier woods but yeah but i feel like the aspect of the tag team of new day just overshadows everything like if you talk about big e in a few years i feel like he's going to be or even down the line 15 years 25 years he's going to be remembered as part of new day well they're all going to be remembered as part of new day but that's the thing i feel like he's going to be remembered as a tag team wrestler uh does that like does that make sense? How there's some wrestlers. I, think, I, I mean, again, this is the the same topic of Kofi saying that Xavier Woods isn't getting the respect he deserves. I think if any of the three are going to be looked at as just a tag team wrestler, it'd be Xavier Woods. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I feel like the biggest one with the argument would same. be Kofi. Yeah, and then next week I think we have in a rematch 
Xavier Woods versus Lashley. Um, I guess we're, we're probably going to, I mean, we can expect Kofi Kingston to interrupt in that one. Or maybe probably. make the save. Probably. Considering yeah. what happened with the Hell in a Cell match and MVP locking himself in, mm-hmm. locking Kofi out. Yeah, yeah. Next up, After backstage. After that, we saw yeah. Eva Marie. Yeah, she was asked about Dewdrop, about what she did last week, and uh, she just brushed it off as a mistake. And Dewdrop, she requested a rematch. Yeah, and Dewdrop was a bit more intense as compared to when she first started. Like, I, I like the... I, I'm enjoying the transition of Dewdrop right now because when we first saw her, she was very excited and giddy and uh, hanging on top of Eva. But now we're seeing her, and she's a little bit more uh, dastardly looking her eye, looking at Eva Marie like, okay, when is it my time? Like, what am I going to have to do for you next because I'm getting fed up with this? You know, but it led into the match. Dewdrop and Eva Marie picked up the victory over Asuka and uh, Naomi. And Dewdrop, hey, Eva Marie, she dropped down. She was trying to pull that same antic that Dewdrop did to her the week before. And it didn't work out. Dewdrop ended up pick. she ended up picking up the victory by getting one over on both Naomi and Asuka. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I am. I am torn on that, but I still like the fact that Dewdrop was able to basically get get one over on Eva. Because mm-hmm. Eva Marie was not able to do that. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that was cool. And I, I like Dewdrop Splash. Like, as you know, yeah. I don't watch the UK. So I wouldn't know any, any of her matches, period. But I am a fan of what I've been seeing from her, and that splash, I think it's it's really cool. Um, and I'm happy she picked up the pinfall over Asuka. Yeah. I mean, Asuka, former champion, a huge amount of accolades, and Dewdrop, Piper Niven picking up the victory. Grand that's Slam huge. champion, I believe. I'm sorry? Grand Slam champion. Yeah, that's huge. And I'm surprised that they didn't really make uh, a more big of a deal of that than I believe it it was. But yeah, yeah. Next up, After you had that, Ricochet. Ricochet was taking on John Morrison, ended in a double countout. I think the match itself was a fun, athletic one. I liked. I think. One of the cool spots of that match when Ricochet launched himself off Miz's wheelchair and hit John Morrison with a Hurricane Rana. But mm-hmm. the I think maybe the probably the spot of the week in, in pro wrestling, Ricochet hitting that springboard crossbody into the crowd to knock John Morrison off the barricade, causing that double count out. Mm-hmm. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. That was a great spot. That was a great and spot. These are, and these are two of the competitors in the Money in the Bank. I'm excited for Money in the Bank. I think that Money in the Bank is always one of the... Um, I feel like as a kid, I always loved King of the Ring, Royal Rumble. I loved the spec, uh, spectacles. Uh, and I thought large... you were going to say, as a kid, you liked Money in the Bank. I was like, mm. No, no, but like because Money in the Bank, <laughs> the atmosphere of it, the, the high-risk... <laughs> high reward kind of a deal with it how they can win this opportunity 
Um, which maybe that's why I like King of the Ring of Royal Rumble too, because you came out of there with such high opportunities of that championship and then that, uh, well, a championship opportunity and everything like that. But Money in the Bank, it, it's so much fun to watch and I cannot wait for the event, period. It's crazy. I was 15 years old when the first Money in the Bank match took place. Wow. Craziness. Yeah. Yeah. After that, we saw Charlotte Flair team up with Natalia and Tamina to defeat Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, when they announced this match, it really it made no sense to me. It was just them throwing two feuds into one match, and I hate when they do that. And I don't know. It just I couldn't get into this match. Yeah, it starts it, before the before the bell rings. It starts with a brawl. I guess I I didn't really think of of them being a generational uh, generational tag team. Yeah, right, it didn't even uh, occur right, to until, me until right they before said the match. But yeah, but I like I I couldn't care less about this match. Yeah, same here. It I care more about Scott Steiner about me. to show up at my house. What? You don't? I mean, I think that's gonna pick up. <laughs> there was a <laughs> siren. And, um, I mean, I... What? <laughs> I'm a fan of, like, Mandy, uh, Dana, and Rhea Ripley, that team, because that is Team Tomorrow. You know? I think that they have so much potential, and I'm kind of disappointed that they did not pick up the victory in this. Well, uh, after the match, we saw Rhea Ripley attack Charlotte Flair's knee. I just I it's that it's that feud specifically that makes me not care about that match. Why? Because it's ever never it's ending. Just, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. Charlotte cut a promo. I don't need the championship to be the champion. Mm-hmm. I need the championship. That makes no sense to me. Zero sense. Yeah, I. I, I get that. I get that. Speaking of zero sense, though, the next match, Jackson Riker <laughs> picks up the victory over Elias in a strap match. Elias has a new theme song for some reason. I don't know why they couldn't just continue to use the, the song that he used off of his EP. Yeah, I was not a fan of that, the change. There was no reason to change away from his theme song. No, and I still, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't get this match. I don't understand why it took place. I don't know why we saw Jackson Riker whipping himself throughout the whole week. We got the whole, we got that <laughs> yeah, uh, backstage that... segment with R-Truth that was funny. With yeah. the you can't see me stuff, but mm-hmm. I, it just, it, it makes no sense. That's a theme for, for Raw this week for me. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Main event, we saw Drew McIntyre pick up the victory over Riddle and AJ Styles in the last chance Money in the Bank qualifying match. I liked and enjoyed uh, Riddle acting as Randy Orton in this match. I thought it was hilarious. I even loved the backstage stuff with him and Priest. Yeah. Like, I thought that that was hilarious where he was just like, like, he was just like, no, no, don't. I was just joking. It's it's actually me, Riddle. <laughs> like, like it, it was leg- It was actually funny. And then seeing him portraying Randy Orton in this was even more. It was just fun. 
And it's funny because when he came up to Raw first, everyone's like, oh, Riddle's too dumb now. This makes no sense. And, uh, I mean, he was turned up uh, quite dumb a bit, but now it's just, like, completely fits in with his character now. Yeah. So it's fun. But at one point, Riddle went to go kick AJ Styles outside the ring. He missed and kicked the steps and was removed due to maybe having a broken foot. But he eventually hobbled back down with the tape foot. And we saw him hit an RKO on AJ. But Amos pulled AJ Styles out of the ring. Drew McIntyre hits Riddle with the Claymore to pick up that victory. So now if Drew McIntyre wins at Money in the Bank, he has to either wait for Bobby Lashley to lose the championship or go after Roman Reigns or Karrion Cross. It makes absolutely hmm. no sense. I thought it would have been a cooler story if Riddle was actually able to pick up that victory and get Randy Orton to the match. We don't even know why Randy Orton wasn't at Monday Night Raw, so hopefully everything's all right there. Yeah, I mean, and who else was not at Monday Night Raw? Uh, Xavier Woods. Well, technically, everybody wasn't at Monday Night Raw because it was a taped show. I believe the the next two weeks are taped as well. Yeah, even I Marie mean... was tweeting during her match. I was like, wait a minute, this uh, I guess it's all taped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully everybody's good, and it was just because it was a taped Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Well, Xavier Woods makes sense. He was uh, taken out by Lashley. That's why we have the match next week. Yeah, that's tr- that's true. That's true. Very true. Yeah. So, so that's Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT, which opens up with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark picking up the victory over Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez to become the number one contenders for the women's tag team championships this was a a really good match a bunch of high flying spots i thought a bunch of those spots were cool yeah i thought that this match was awesome i mean i was looking forward to this match um raquel gonzalez i think is incredible i think that she has um really shined through being now that she's champion as compared to before where she was maybe in the shadow of Dakota Kai a little bit, but now she's really stepping up to the plate. I think that she is a standout currently. And Zoe Stark, uh, totally, I don't want to say a turnaround because there was really no turnaround. It was but... just like that two-week like new TV gimmick. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't really even a turnaround, but Zoe Stark did an incredible job in this match as well. Yeah. Especially with the dive really, to the like, outside of the ring. Yeah, and when you finish watching this match, it's like Triple H has every right to say what he said. What there's did he no say? Ar- like, there's no way you can't say this is the best women's division. Of course. And, and let's be honest as well. Triple H is selling a product. Correct. You know, I... He's also selling a product. I believe it though. WWE, there's no there. There's you cannot compare any other women's division to WWE. I definitely believe it as well. But there's four different brands of women. Exactly. But but you also have other companies that are going to say that they are the better women's uh, wrestling brand. Uh, brand. But right. that's also and it doesn't it doesn't mean that the the women are are 
garbage in other companies. No, it's a combination of uh, who's there wrestling, the storylines, who's being used, who's being yeah, put, who, who's being, um, who's having matches that aren't just matches on a YouTube channel. Um, that are actually being, yeah, absolutely yeah that are actually being featured um you know there's many things that go behind that kind of a statement but like you said i mean yes business you will always promote what your business is as triple h did but on the other hand you and i both agree with his statement as well as wwe being that brand uh, that better yeah. brand and i agree with and it's it. that and you're gonna get matches like that in other companies yeah, and you're going to get crap matches in companies as well, as you I will mean, with WWE. WWE. Big time, yeah. I, wasn't exactly. a, I didn't like it's... that match on Monday Night Raw. but Exactly. So, I mean, it's just the way it all turns out. But when you look at it from, uh, from like, if you pull, zoom out of the picture and stuff and look at it, I definitely agree with you that WWE is the better brand. Yeah. But next up, you had... Karrion Cross hanging out backstage, and Johnny Gargano uh, just pretty much tackles him right into that garage door, and they start brawling, had to be pulled apart. Yeah, got some revenge for what happened last week. And then we saw Karrion Cross go to the ring, call Johnny Gargano out, and he went to the ring, spoke to Karrion Cross, which distracts him from an attack from Austin Theory. And then uh, we saw Karrion Cross come out on top of that at first. But security stops him from using the uh, the steel steps on Johnny Gargano. And uh, or on Austin Theory. And Johnny Gargano hits him with a super kick. The way leaves. And then Karrion Cross gets in Samoa Joe's face. And he's like, you're doing a hell of a job. Yeah. And, and then we saw not... Austin Theory try to attack Karrion Cross later on. Cross attacked that th- him. He did get props on that phenomenal forearm. Who? He, uh, Austin Theory. He got props from that from AJ Styles on Twitter. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, AJ Styles tweeted out saying uh, he put like a, a raising eyebrow or something. or I forgot what his comment was, but it did get recognition by um, AJ Styles. So it's always cool to see the, I you know the main the older generation. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> oh, the, the main, main roster. roster. Oh wow, you know, but very cool. Uh, so yeah, so the at the end of the night though, we saw Johnny Gargano get the or try to almost get the upper hand, but he got choked out. So I Ross like that came out of that on top. Yeah, I like that too. Where Gargano was slamming that car door on him and everything, and then he just lost track of what he was doing and Karrion Cross was able to come up behind him and just choke him out. Yeah. Um, awesome stuff. Next Throughout up, we had the night. that little charging, uh, that little battery charger went from 61% to 71% to 81%. Brandon, it is almost at 100. We are almost there. I would say probably next week. Oh. Uh, when's the next pay-per-view? It's, well, not pay-per-view next week. It's Great American Bash. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say whoever it is, it, they're going to be at Great American Bash. Yeah. But. After that, we saw Roderick Strong pick up the victory over Asher Hale. Good match. I was match. expecting this match to be a lot quicker, though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, Asher Hale 
was impressive. And, you know, I'm, I don't mean to cut ahead, but same thing with the uh, Ari Sterling. You know, both of these wrestlers, uh, fairly unknown to the NXT universe. 205 but, Live, if you watch that. Exactly. I don't know 205 Live for the life of me, but both very impressive in this this match with Roderick Strong. I loved it. It reminded me of Roderick Strong of this is what his potential is. This is who he is. This is how he is as a, uh, as a, so, a singles wrestler. It's weird, though, because I, I just didn't think it showcased Roderick Strong properly for this new group. I think I just feel like it went on too long for what Diamond Mind, what I in my mind Diamond Mind would have been. You know, I'm okay. Which, by the way, Arturo Ruas was apparently supposed to be in Diamond Mind. I have no idea how he couldn't have been in this group. He's and somebody that because... I, I said last week. He's too good to have not been in this group. Yeah, we've seen him before, and we thought that he was good. Like you know, he was he yeah. was good. But on... again, I I believe he's still injured, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Oh, you know, it could always be one of those deals where you have a bad injury, serious injury. We're gonna release you for now, recover, rehab, and then when you're healed up, let's check you out again, and then we'll bring you back. Yeah, it's possible. Could be something like that, but yeah. Um, and this then we match, saw Malcolm Bivens just announce that uh, this is just the beginning of Diamond Mine. I believe it. Um, as I mentioned to you before, Ari Sterling, Cameron Grimes picking up the victory over Ari. An- another awesome match. Yeah, it stemmed from last week where Ari Sterling made some off comments about Million, million Dollar Man being in a nursing home. But uh, yeah, very, very impressive in this match. Now... What this came to mind to me, and I feel like it's the ultimate heel thing that could happen. What if this goes on for a little bit, but Cameron Grimes is trying to get that million dollar belt, and LA Knight says, You know what? I am LA Knight, and I don't care about million dollar man, as I told you before. I don't care about. This million dollar championship. I am million dollars. I am the million dollar man. Not this person. Not this championship. And then he takes this, takes a sledgehammer or takes something and smashes oh, the championship. Oh, he's gonna smash the championship. I don't think. I don't. Know, I can't see it getting to that. We saw well, LA I mean, Knight though come out after that and uh, basically just say that nobody cared about Cameron Grimes and. Uh, Grimes challenged him to a title match next week and Knight at first he said no but then he added the stipulation that if Cameron Grimes wins that or or loses I should say Cameron Grimes is going to become LA Knight's butler so which we we, I mean if you watch NXT UK we saw that back in March if you watched AEW we saw that I think back in January I think Drake Maverick did that Drake Maverick. Uh, I don't. I forgot. Uh, I feel like I've. I remember seeing him as someone's butler. I don't recall. Oh, with EC three on, pretty much. Oh, on Impact. Yeah, on Impact. But um, yeah. <laughs> I but like I said, talking about like recently. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, 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 for some reason, I thought it was more recent, and I thought it was on WWE. Twenty one. But yeah, no. I Zia think that Brookside and uh, and Nina Samuels did that in the UK. Ah. Well, that's, I, I think that L.A. Knight, if he, of course, this is 
not going to be that million dollar championship that is always spoken about with how the price tag on it. But if he takes this sledgehammer, takes something and smashes it to pieces, Cameron Grimes goes crazy. And everything in LA Knight is just standing there over the shattered championship. I think that that would be awesome. And that would get so many people to talk because everybody knows that price tag. I think that would be I'm great. just wondering if we're going to maybe see Ted DiBiase show up and cost Cameron Grimes the match. Do you think we'll really see Virgil show up? there. In any segments? Who? Virgil? I don't think so. No. But Unless they up... do that match that I pitched a few weeks ago. LA uh... Knight and Virgil versus Ted DiBiase and Cameron Grimes. I'm all for that. Could be. Could be. Next up, you had Kyle O'Reilly cutting a promo in the ring. Um, really going at Adam Cole. Yeah. I like that I he know. said that he just wants to fight people who make him better. And yeah. then went in, he, he called Adam Cole out. Samoa Joe came out with security before Adam Cole could get in the ring. And then uh, Joe gets in the ring and allows Adam Cole to get into the ring. And they spoke. Adam Cole goes to attack Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly, Kylie, locks him in that <laughs> heel hook. And, he, and, and Adam Cole's begging Samoa Joe to get him off of him. And he's just like, nah. This is basically your fault. He let it go, and then he had security break it up. Yeah, I I like that. I like that aspect with Samoa Joe where he's just like, you know what? Let it go for now. And then security, go ahead. You can break it up now. Yeah, I thought, I thought that, that was, was a awesome. great segment. Yeah. And I also, yeah. I, I think the, the first time we saw Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole was together as a tag team against Generation Me at Ring of Honor. Yeah. If if I'm not mistaken, that was the first time that I saw them live. Yeah, yeah, you're correct. Uh, yeah, it was Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole as Generation Me. And no, not as Generation Me. The Young Bucks are Generation oh, Me. Oh, they were Generation What was there? What was there? I don't know. Um... I forget. I forgot their... I always forget their... Uh, I don't know if they had one. No, they... Yeah, they did. They did. They were Undisputed Era. No, no. At Ring of Honor. I I don't know. I don't remember them having a tag team name. Yeah, yeah. They had they had a tag team name. Um, but next up you had... Talking about tag teams. You had Zia Lee and Boa taking on Mercedes Martinez and Jake Atlas. Uh, pick up the Future victory. shock. Future shock, yes. <laughs> Future shock. Because they... I guess that, hence, hence shock the system, huh? Ah. Hmm. I never thought about that. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they had an incredible tag team back in Ring of Honor because it, they were both pretty much green, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they that was when they were first getting... N- I mean, they weren't. They had they had a few years in the business already. Kyle more than Adam Cole. Yeah, but they were like I don't mean that they green in the ring. Maybe worldwide recognition, perhaps. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Like they like to everybody else, an outsider. They were just these new Ring of Honor guys that, especially because that 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 match that we saw it was a dark match. Wow, that's incredible. 
Yeah. Well, but yeah, with this with this intergender match like you were talking about or even I guess it was a mixed match, mixed uh mixed what is it called? Match challenge? No, it wasn't a mixed match challenge. I mean, whatever, mixed tag. That's what it is. You could you could say it if you want. I don't want to say that. <laughs> but we we saw Boa try to go after Mercedes Martinez, but she along with Jake Atlas took care of that with the double team move which I liked. Yeah, I like that double team move. And this was the first time that we were seeing Boa get in a ring for a match, I think. Uh, no. Since this new gimmick, I think so. Yeah, since this new gimmick. Well, mm, I don't think he's had a match I yet. I don't think so. I feel like he was he lost and then it like evolved into this gimmick. But not since this new gimmick with the shades and stuff. Not since this. I, I don't know. Part of me says there was one match that he lost, and then... I don't think so, but... And then it was uh, reprimanded yeah, by, Mer- by Zia Lee. I thought she she attacked him for losing or something. I don't remember. Unless I'm making that up, but... We saw Mercedes Martinez stare Mei Ying down during this, and uh, Zia Lee took advantage of that and knocked her out. Apparently. With a kick. Like, the referee stopped the match. Yeah, legit knockout. According according to the internet, Mercedes Martinez went to the hospital to get checked out. Yeah, uh, stiff kick. Uh, and it was kind of weird because she was getting pinned, and you could see that she went to like lift her shoulder and kick out. Yeah, it looked like she was maybe even talking to Zia Lee. Yeah, but, I mean, if that's a potential concussion, uh, unfortunately, you know, to have that sort of a reaction, if legit and not just selling to have that kind of an impulse of just acting without uh, really a firm understanding as to what you're doing. It's kind of like in UFC where you see somebody get knocked out and then the referee is breaking it up and then they try to like fight and tackle the referee because they just have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunate and everything. And hopefully Mercedes Martinez is okay. Hopefully it's just a, just um, a little shocker, but you know. Yeah, and the feud's not uh, huh? not over yet. Yeah, feud's not over, and if anything, even if it was legit, Zia Lee, um, it definitely. I hate to say it because it, if it is a legit thing, I feel like it makes Zia Lee look even stronger that she's just knocked out Mercedes Martinez, who's viewed. that's that old bar fight mentality, though. Yeah, that bar fight mentality, though, and. Uh, it's kind of like, if you think about it, now that you brought that up, it's kind of like the Steve Williams aspect. Like, Steve mm. Williams, when he came in Dr. Death, he was supposed to win this tournament, and he was like a powerhouse, and everybody knew him. Very similar. And then he ended up getting knocked out. And Mercedes Martinez, everybody knows her as a, a rough and tough wrestler, a veteran of the ring, and then she just got knocked out. Yeah. But hopefully, I mean, you can definitely, I feel, recover. Uh, Storyline-wise, it's very easily to recover from this nowadays as compared to back then. Uh, I would say so. Yeah, definitely. But After this, we had MSK and Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa have a sit-down uh, where Nash Carter ends up slapping Ciampa. And when Timothy Thatcher went to go after MSK, Ciampa held him back. 
he wants them in their best condition for the title match next week. I think Thatcher and Champa are going to win. I, I don't know, but that's going to be like a, I can only assume a hard hitting match. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be I, awesome. I really, I, I do hope that they don't win though. I don't know. I want to see Thatcher and Champa feud with, uh, uh, Lorcan and Birchill and Birchill and Birch. <laughs> I want to see them feud. Well, I mean, like, who knows when Danny Birch is going to be healed up. I know. I feel like that would be like an ultimate, like hard hitting action. Yeah. Um, they also, uh, they announced the NXT breakout tournament will return in two weeks. They have some qualifying matches on 205 Live, according to the people who attended NXT this past week. Any so, names attached to this yet? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, Harlem Bravado, Joe Gacy. Uh, well, I forget his new name, Dijonet. Okay. Um, I I don't know who else was there. All right. So a lot of the guys that are already signed to the... Yeah, there's not going to be someone who's not signed. Yeah, that's what I was like wondering, like how they brought in Zack Saber Jr. for that other tournament. That's yeah, that's completely different. This the when we had this the last time, everyone was signed. Ah, all right. It was Bronson Reed was in it, and that's what we had, we had after later on. We saw Bronson Reed speaking about the breakout tournament, which gets cut off by Hit Row. Isaiah Swerve Scott was also in that tournament, and he challenged him to. Uh, a North American Championship match. Reed agrees. It sets up the main event. Isaiah Swerve Scott picking up the victory over Bronson Reed to become the new North American Champion. Talk about a swerve. As far um, as the match goes, I liked the match. I liked uh, yeah, when Bronson I, Reed I liked, hit that liked... bonsai drop to Isaiah Swerve Scott when he was trying to hit that sunset foot powerbomb from the ring to the off the apron, I guess, to the outside. Yeah, I like this match too. Hit Squad, uh, Hit Squad, I keep on doing that. Hit Row, uh, Hit Row, I am a big fan of. Um, AJ going they, right through the involved, barricade. Yeah. Bronson Reed tossed him up through that glass, yeah, and then he tossed Ashante the Adonis over... Over the hockey wall as well. And Swerve took advantage of that. Hit a 450 onto Bronson Reed's back. As he was getting back into the ring. And uh, I hate that he lost the title just over a month after he won it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, him, I'm with totally... him being on main event, maybe he's just going to be coming up to Raw or SmackDown pretty soon. That's very true. That could definitely be happening. But I am totally okay with that taking place too. I mean... Hit Row, I said it last week, I am a big fan of what they got going. I think that their promos are incredible and fun. And I, I'm a, I'm always a big fan of stables and, and factions that have a diverse crew where you have a fate, a potential face standout. Then you have the guy that is has potential that's going to be upcoming at some point. Then you have the powerhouse guy and then you have the women wrestler. Uh, that could take care of business, and I'm a big fan of this. So for I, I think for uh, Isaiah to have the championship right now, that is so going to be helpful for this stable. Yeah, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, but that was NXT. Moving over to NXT UK, it opened up with Amelia McKenzie picking up the victory over Isla Dawn. 
We saw Isla Dawn start doing some paranormal stuff during this match, and uh, Amelia McKenzie was able to get out of that, finally hit that uh, Shining Wizard to pick up the victory. We saw Tyler Bate pick up the victory over Jack Stars to retain the Heritage Cup. And uh, honestly, it's matches like this that I wish more people tuned into NXT UK, because I thought this was a great match. After that, uh, Mark Coffey and Wolfgang came out, and Coffey cheered Tyler Bates' victory there, but then slapped him in the face and ran off. So perhaps we'll see a tag team match out of that. We saw Mako Satomura come out, talk about defeating Kaylee Ray for the championship. And then Nina Samuels came out and basically pitched her being the first challenger so she could put Mako on the map. And then Amel attacked Nina Samuels from behind and challenged Mako. Amel said she was basically tired of of being overlooked for a title shot, and Mako knocks her down with a forearm and accepts that challenge. We saw a Blair Davenport vignette, which I didn't discuss last week, but now it's 100% confirmed that it's B Priestley coming to NXT UK. Next match, we saw Aoife Valkyrie pick up the victory over Mila Schmidt, or Smith. I don't know, the commentary was using both ways. Uh, but Jenny came out to watch this. It was a good match. I, uh, I really, I can't wait to see Valkyrie versus Jenny. And then the main event of NXT UK, Jordan Devlin pick up a victory over a kid. Really good technical match here. Uh, I like the, the whole submission back and forth at the end of the match. And I'd, I'd really like to see both of them take on Daniel Bryan. But that is NXT UK moving over to SmackDown. It opens up with Edge speaking about losing at WrestleMania and how he can make excuse after excuse, but he's choosing not to. He just knows he can beat Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank and he will be the next Universal Champion. That's the gist of the opening promo. Backstage from that, though, we saw Jimmy Uso promise that he and Roman Reigns will put Edge down later on in the night. After that, we saw the first match of the evening, that being Shinsuke Nakamura and Big E picking up the victory over Baron Corbin and Apollo Crews. Baron Corbin, it's going to take a long time to not say King Corbin. I keep wanting to say King Corbin, but Baron Corbin looks all disheveled now. His hair's growing out now. Um... We saw Rick Boogs announce that a car was being towed, which uh, turned out to be his car. So Big E took advantage of that, hit the big ending to pick up the victory. Later on, we saw Boogs kind of rub it in Corbin's face that he's no longer king. Um, so I guess we're, we're going to be starting to feel bad for Baron Corbin. I think... came out this week that uh, WWE copyrighted or trademarked uh, Sad Corbin or something stupid like that. Unhappy Corbin or something. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that yet. (laughs) But it hasn't happened. So after that, we had a Bailey and Bianca Belair face-to-face, which the end result was Bianca Belair putting the championship on the line at Money in the Bank in an I Quit match. And then Bailey said that if she loses that match, she'll probably just quit SmackDown, which she then changed to WWE, and then she changed it to competing. 
So I definitely don't want to see Bailey off of SmackDown, especially since uh, WWE announced that they're coming back to Madison Square Garden on September 10th. I don't want, I, w- I mean, I want to see Bailey at SmackDown if I attend that event. So hopefully Bailey either becomes champion at Money in the Bank or she just refuses to leave. She did say probably. It's not I'm definitely going to leave. So hopefully she'll be there still. After that, we saw Kevin Owens pick up the victory over Sami Zayn in a last man standing match to move on to the Money in the Bank ladder match at the pay-per-view. Fantastic match. I think these two absolutely killed it. The Fisherman Buster suplex from the middle rope to Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens being pushed off the top rope through two stacked tables that he set up. It was so good. Uh, and in the end, we saw Kevin Owens powerbomb Sami Sammy Zayn through the commentary table. A table that Sami then uh, had set up himself. And then finally on to the ring apron. A little callback to... I mean, NXT, I'm, I feel like we've seen him do that to Sami Zayn on the main roster as well. Main roster, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown. Uh, after that, we saw Sonya Deville announce the next participant for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match, which turned out to be Zelina Vega making her return to WWE. Liv Morgan came out, questioned how she's not in it, and she pro- she said she proved herself last week. Zelina Vega didn't prove herself. She hasn't even wrestled a match in 2021, which I thought was funny because Zelina Vega is like, hasn't been in WWE. So, but we saw Liv Morgan end up slapping Zelina Vega, begged Sonya Deville for a match with her so she could prove that she belongs in that match. So I do hope Liv Morgan makes it into that match. We did see Liv pick up the victory over Zelina Vega, so maybe she will. I did fully expect to see Liv Morgan lose that, but Zelina Vega tried to cheat. The referee saw Liv Morgan rolled Zelina Vega up and got a quick three count, and what the referee didn't see was that Zelina Vega's shoulders were up. I don't know if they're going to play that into Liv Morgan not deserving to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match or what. But after that, Seth Rollins, we saw speak with Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville, and he yelled at them for not giving him the match against Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. They'll said, they said that uh, he'll get his opportunity to get into the Money in the Bank match if he beats Cesaro next week. So instead of him having the Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns, he has to earn a contract spot. And he is a former briefcase holder and uh, casher inner. Successfully casher inner. <laughs> After that, Otis picked up the victory over Angelo Dawkins. Otis, last week we saw him shaved his beard. This week he has short hair now. No longer has long hair. But he destroyed Angelo Dawkins in this match. We saw a middle rope splash followed by a Vader bomb to pick up the victory. And then the end of SmackDown. Throughout the night, we saw Jimmy Uso waiting for Roman Reigns to show up so they could go get Edge. And Jimmy had to go out there himself because Roman Reigns was not there. So he goes out there, calls out Edge, 
Edge eventually makes his way down, beats up Jimmy Uso. He locked Jimmy Uso in that crossface sleeper, hit a spear, broke a chair, and put Jimmy Uso in the same crossface with the chair bar like he did to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I think no Roman Reigns here was kind of surprising, but I like that Roman does what Roman wants. He's not going to show up until Jimmy Uso proves himself, and Jimmy Uso did not prove himself on SmackDown. So we'll see what happens with that. That was SmackDown. Before I take a break, I want to mention the unfortunate passing of Del Wilkes this past week at the age of 59. He got his start in AWA under his real name and later as the Trooper before moving to Global Wrestling Federation where he became the Patriot. He wrestled in All Japan, WCW, and WWE. Um, Most famously, I guess, as the Patriot in WWE. And we'd like to extend our condolences to his family and his friends and all the, the... wrestling fans around the world we're going to take a quick break now hear a word from our sponsors over at manscaped and we'll be right back here on marking out support for marking out is brought to you by manscaped who are the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels they obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience look I mean, I've done it, Dave's done it, Brandon's never done it. You're down there, you sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh, and you get a nick, you get a little cutsky there, and it stinks. It's no, it, it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, so that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way, I can charge my more 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's one for this uh, read at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for the three. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 543. Head over to manscaped.com, get everything. Use the code REGARDLESS for 20% off and free shipping. Before I move over to AEW, we got a comment on our website this week after uh, probably two years or so. 
Ben, Ben H. Say, hey, you guys, I feel like nowadays, every time I'm messaging, it's me saying been a long time. Anyways, I hadn't been able to listen for a while as I stopped using iTunes. So you can only imagine my joy when I saw you're on Spotify. Listening again has thrown me back a few years. Hope you're all well and look forward to listening more regularly now, Ben. Thank you so much for commenting. We really appreciate it. And thank you so much for for still listening to us. We appreciate that as well. And uh, yeah, check us out. Spotify, you could subscribe there. Follow us on on Spotify. I think that's the, uh, the proper term there. But we appreciate it. We always want to hear from you guys. You can leave comments on our website. You could email us, markingout1 at gmail.com. Yeah, so AEW Dynamite kicks off with Penta and Eddie Kingston picking up the victory over the Young Bucks. Makes them uh, number one contenders now. Young Bucks showed up with these awful mustaches, so uh, I think that'll get them over as, as heels even more so. Um... There was a moment where Penta hit a pinning move and a three count was 100% there, but the referee called it out, called it off as only a two count. I don't understand. Maybe the one of the Jacksons forgot to kick out or whatnot. It was 100% a three count, but the good brothers showed up to distract the referee. Brandon Cutler accidentally sprayed Matt Jackson in the eyes for way too long to not realize that it wasn't Penta. Kazarian also showed up to help. And in the end, it was Penta and Kingston that got the victory there. Tony Schiavone interviewed Ethan Page. We saw Ethan Page challenge Darby Allen to a coffin match. Sting showed up with a coffin on wheels. Looked like a little Red Rider uh, wagon. Darby ended up being inside the coffin. I don't know why the theatrics was necessary for that. But they went in and attacked Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. And Page called the match off until Darby signs a contract saying that he can't touch him the week before the match. So maybe this match will take place at Fighter Fest. It's just not taking place at Road Rager. Uh, after that, or earlier in the night actually, we saw Jurassic Express and Christian backstage. Christian basically just giving Jungle Boy a pep talk. Luchasaurus officially introducing himself to Christian and saying that he has Christian's back because Christian had their back. We saw Jungle Boy pick up the victory over Jack Evans. Jungle Boy makes him tap out. HFO rundown, uh, which left Matt Hardy and Christian to come, come fight each other. Jack Evans broke that up. Christian takes him out. But uh, maybe at Fighter Fest, we're going to be seeing Christian versus Matt Hardy in 2021. Um, also, Jungle Boy is the first wrestler in AEW to reach 50 wins. So that's pretty cool. Still uh, don't know how he wasn't booked on Conan. I'll say that over and over again. After that, we had Andrade's big announcement. He spoke about Matt Seidel interrupting him and his big announcement last week. And then pitch the match between them next week. I don't see that as a big announcement. Um, I don't know what his big announcement was the other week. Kenny Omega was interviewed. And he said that he beat everybody in AEW. And he was about to leave, but Dark Order cut him off. Kenny basically made fun of them and told them to leave. But then they teased Adam Page. 
to be the challenger. And later on, Adam Page yelled at the Dark Order for making the challenge on his behalf. But they talked him up, gave him a pep talk. So I'm sure whenever it is, we'll see it. Uh, But whenever we do see Adam Page versus Kenny Omega, Adam Page needs to finally become the champion. It's been too long otherwise. After that, Miro picked up the victory over Brian Pillman Jr. to retain the TNT Championship. Miro ends up choking him out. I wish this match was longer, but uh, not really much else to say about that. Team Taz backstage. Taz announced that uh, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage will wrestle in Austin, Texas to settle everything, and the FTW Championship will be on the line, so I assume Ricky Starks, who will be medically cleared, will, in fact, be taking that title from Brian Cage. And then there will be dissent. Even more dissent. After that, we saw Britt Baker and Rebel team up to defeat Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Britt Baker eventually used Lockjaw to to make Vicky Guerrero tap out, but I, I have no idea why this match took place. I don't understand it. And Rebel got injured during it. It wasn't, uh, apparently it was just a sprain, I think it was. But I have no idea why this match took place. Nyla Rose attacked Britt Baker afterwards, powerbombed her off the apron through a table. I think maybe that could have just been a thing. I don't think we needed that match. Earlier in the night, MJF announced that Chris Jericho will, in fact, get another shot at him. But he's going to be making Chris Jericho go through all of these stipulations to get it. They're going to face off next week to find out the stipulations. I believe Cody Rhodes, when he wanted MJF, had three different stipulations, including getting whipped and a cage match against Wardlow. So we'll see what happens with that. But the main event of AEW Dynamite took place. MJF picked up the victory over Sammy Guevara. MJF hits a tombstone from the middle rope. Sammy Guevara kicks out. I think that should have been the end of the match. MJF claimed to have a a knee injury. He was selling the knee injury throughout the whole thing. I thought he was going to like fake attack it. But um, we saw Sean Spears come out. Jericho went to get involved. Wardlow attacked him. Tossed Chris Jericho off the the stage platform. Uh, Sean Spears hit Sammy Guevara with a steel chair. All leading to MJF to pick up the victory there. And then it got awkward. I thought the I thought they ended five minutes too early by mistake or something. It was just like really awkward. But they ended up paying, uh, playing a tribute video to Daly's Place, <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> I don't know. I think that's goofy. I thought that was was goofy. I can't even explain it any any way else. But that's AEW Dynamite moving over to Impact Wrestling. We were supposed to see. Kojima versus Eddie Edwards, but W. Morrissey appeared on the screen and said that he jumped Eddie Edwards in the parking lot and spoke about how uh, he just reiterated the whole nobody has a, a friend gimmick. But Brian Myers and Sam Beal came out and Brian told Kojima to leave and he went to call out Jake something and they jumped him. Jake made the save. It gets turned into a tag team match. Kojima and Jake something pick up the victory over Brian Myers and Sam Beal. 
It's a good match. We saw Brian run into the uh, the black hole slam. Kojima hit that lariat on Sam Beal to pick up the victory. Later on, we saw Jake something challenge Brian Myers to a match, and he said that if he loses, he'll admit that Brian is the most professional wrestler, but if he wins, he wants Brian to call him a professional. And Brian accepted that challenge. Gia was interviewing Scott Demore about Tommy Dreamer, and he gets cut off by Rosemary and Havoc. Rosemary spoke about how they'd be a good team and good representative of the, the Knockouts tag team division. And Scott kind of uh, not brushes it off, but he, he walks away from the situation. Later on, Fire and Flavor were pissed off that Rosemary and Havoc didn't earn their shot. So they spoke to Scott and Scott made a match for next week to evaluate Rosemary and Havoc as a team. So next week they're going to be facing Susan and Kimberly. Rachel Ellering picked up the victory over Tennille. We saw Tennille attack Rachel while she was uh, still taking off her shirt to get ready for the match. It was a good match. Uh, Tennille attacked Rachel afterwards. Jazz ran down, tried to make the save. Caleb with the K and Tennille started to get the upper hand, but then Jordan Grace made the save, the ultimate save. And I thought for sure Jordan was going to be about to attack Rachel Ellering there. That's what I would have preferred to have seen. But that didn't happen. Perhaps maybe another time. Next match was supposed to be Rich Swan and Willie Mack teaming up to take on TJP and follow Bah. It ended in a no contest. We saw Violent by Design come out, attack both teams. I was hoping for Fala and TJP to win this, but I thought... If anyone was walking out as the victor in that match, it would have been Rich Swan and Willie Mack. So this, I guess, would probably take it a slammiversary, maybe per- perhaps a-, a triple threat tag team match for the tag team championships, um, especially because Violent by Design are the tag team champions. Earlier in the night, we saw Chris Bay being interviewed about last week, and Gia called him an instigator. Rohit, Raju, Shira, Ace Austin, and Madman Fulton cut this off, and Chris Bay turns them down, and they were like, well, we're not here to recruit you. We're here to thank you for staying in your lane. Chris Bay then, later on, picks up the victory over Petey Williams, which I would love to see an Ironman match between these two. This was a really fun match to watch. But afterwards, we see Ace... Austin, Rohit Raju, Madman Fulton, and Shearer come out. And Ace Austin and Rohit told Chris Bay to leave as Shira and Madman Fulton attacked Petey Williams. Trey Alexander, uh, I mean, Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander ran out to make try to make the save. Chris Bay runs out and take out, he took out all the heels. I still don't really understand why Chris Bay had to choose a side here, but apparently he has now chosen a side. So I guess Chris Bay is now a baby face. Uh, We also, we saw Susan and Kimberly backstage where Kimber was saying that regardless of Deanna Perrazzo, they could still be a tag team and mentioned a backup plan to Susan that being Sue Young, and Susan just questioned who Sue Young was. So I think that's cool. I 
I don't know how I feel. I would, I think I would prefer Sue Young to be a face rather than a heel. But I mean, the character definitely fits in the heel realm, but just my personal preference. After that, we saw Steve Macklin pick up the victory over Manny Smith. At one point, we saw a uh, Ken Shamrock-esque moment where Macklin started to punch himself in the face to get fired up. And honestly, it was a it was a good showcase match for Steve Macklin. I, I right now, I guess it's like a perhaps like a creative has nothing for you sort of situation where he's just getting all these unknown names. So eventually, I want to see Steve Macklin be built up, which I mean that's currently happening. But I want to see him face actual Impact Wrestling talent and get the victory over there. I don't know how high. He'll go in the company right now with Kenny Omega as the champion. I don't necessarily see him facing Kenny Omega for the championship. But speaking of Kenny Omega, the main event saw the elite Team Callis defeat Team Dreamer, Sammy Callahan, Moose, and Chris Sabin. I have no idea why this match took place. I still have no idea. The Good Brothers and Don Callis came out wearing all of Kenny's titles outside of the Impact Wrestling Championship. That's what Kenny was wearing. But I, I don't know. I just, I thought that was stupid. I I don't know if it's like, I, don't, I can't even say it's for heel heat. It just doesn't make sense. Then Moose in the match basically refused to participate until the end. And Sabin gets pissed, so Moose like slap tags him into the match, tosses him into the ring, and he went to leave. Tommy Dreamer tried to stop him, and Moose attacked Tommy Dreamer. Everything fell down after that. We saw the Magic Killer. They picked up the victory, and I don't think I needed that match. Also, it's kind of funny that... <laughs> I mean, we saw AEW Dynamite, Kenny Omega show up with that Triple H, Lemmy uh, facial hair gimmick. Here, he's got no facial hair. Obviously, they tape it months in advance. (laughs) But that is Impact Wrestling. Hey, Brandon, got any shout-outs? Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon's shout-outs. The first shout-out goes to Hacks. It's a show on HBO Max, which I binged season one on Saturday. So I is really it enjoyed true, the show. Is it true that this is a show about multiple hacks just hanging out in a house talking about their glory of being the Sandman in ECW or no? Is that a lie? It does not have anything to do with the Sandman, no. Oh, okay. But Gene Smart stars as a legendary Las Vegas comedian. And uh, a young writer goes to work for her, basically. But and I marked out one of the scenes, the, the character, one of the characters spoke about the Royal Rumble. And they spoke about divas from the 90s and 2000s, as well as the Bella mm-hmm. Twins. Super random to have in that show. But uh, I watched the whole season, and it, to me, comes across as a show that I would really like and then wouldn't get picked up for a second season. Luckily, they already did get picked up for a second season, so I'm looking forward to whenever that is. And it's on HBO Max, so if you have it, check it out. If you like comedy, I think you would definitely appreciate this show. Uh, Next shout-out goes to the Broken Skull Sessions with Mick Foley. 
I think he just he always comes across as like one of the most likable guys in pro wrestling. Yeah, I feel like if I was like an upcoming wrestler, he would be that father figure that I would just want to attach myself to and learn from and just hang out with and just I feel like and I feel like in reality that's kind of who he is. Yeah, and I think it's always great to hear from Mick Foley. I would like to hear, even like if you take wrestling out of it, I wouldn't mind seeing like a, a Broken Skull session on just the charity stuff that he does. Yeah, he, he seems like just a, a genuine good person. And I yeah. feel like, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, in pro wrestling, I feel like we keep on, like, I mean, you have the dark side of the ring and A&E biography and all these things, and you they end up focusing on a lot of the the dark side of wrestling the negatives the the murders the suicides the drugs the the um whatever it is it tends to be the focus of attention at times which is really damning on pro wrestling unfortunately the steroids but to have the focus on somebody with a great heart and personality and likable as Mick Foley I think is incredible and I feel like he really is that light in pro wrestling similar to someone like DDP with what he's doing I you know I I think that's always incredible when they put the focus on something as great like you mentioned how he does all these charities it's I think it's I think it's necessary too absolutely and uh, the last shout out goes to Lex Luger Hey everybody, this is Lex Luger, the Total Package, and you are listening to Mark It Out. It, uh, he has his, his WWE Icons episode out on Sunday, July 4th. What better <laughs> day than to release it than July 4th? It's the 28th anniversary of him body slamming Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid. Wow. Which led to the Lex Express and that great song, I'll Be Your Hero. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so shout out to Lex Luger. I I remember watching that entire thing go down. I like I remember watching that. I really didn't know what to expect either. Were you hoping Kona Crush was gonna body slam Yoko? Dude, I actually was. I was a huge Crush Mark, huge fan of of the Crusher. Um, but like seeing Lex Luger arrive in a helicopter and stuff, I I didn't know who he was really. I really didn't know who he was. I mean, I lied, lie, I lied to you because he was the narcissist, Lex Luger, yeah. for that. But this was his big face turn, right? Yeah, but according to the trailer of the icons, perhaps maybe it shouldn't have been. So we'll see what happens with it's, that. Yeah, because I remember being a little bit confused when I saw that, but. It was all incredible to see him do that. And, you know, Lex Luger's always great with that entire angle. Yeah. Um, but those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our Mark Out Moment of the Week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Dave, what do you got? Oh ho! The mark out moment of the week for me 
would probably be everything with um with Riddle in his imitations of Randy Orton, especially where he he would, he grabbed the mic and he's just like, "No, play Randy's theme song," and they played Randy's theme song, and I definitely marked out for that. Oh, I definitely no. also marked out for GCW Homecoming match uh, announcement because me, Chris, and Salute we're going to be going to GCW Homecoming uh, to see Matt Cardona take on Nick Gage. And I'm excited for that. That's going to be incredible. If you are going, please reach out to us. But I marked out for a Two Cold Scorpio match announcement against Grim Reefer. Um, I think that that's going to be awesome, and to see yeah, two cold Scorpio cool. wrestle. Uh, that's I, I've I'm almost certain I've seen him at PWS. I think I have as well. Potentially, but he still one. he has not lost it at all. We've no. seen him. I think in a match, maybe even earlier this year, that was just like incredible. What was it? A su- what was it? The Suicide Six Way? Yeah. I feel like we saw him maybe in one of those matches because they put together like some. I think I saw Two Cold Scorpio versus Vader. Oh, maybe uh, if I'm remember, I might be misremembering it. It was a bunch of years ago, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as my markout moment of the week goes, it also comes from Monday Night Raw, and we barely saw him on Monday Night Raw. But prior to Nikki Cross's promo, we saw her backstage talking to lucha house party and i marked the hell out for lince dorado's gear his cane gear is fantastic i thought that was incredible and i'm always a fan of his gear but man just to have cane gear there i thought that was really cool yeah so that is the markout moment of the week and that is episode 543 Remember to go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Use the code USA until July the 5th. Get 20% off the uh, your t-shirt orders. We have a brand new t-shirt out for, for sale, for, for purchase. So check it out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at out. Follow us on Instagram at out 11 YouTube.com slash out 11 as well. Facebook.com slash out. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BTDG161. Follow Chris at Chris Sweendog. Follow Dave at DavidPTDPT. Use the code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping over at manscaped.com. Check us out. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com. And we wish you, also have a happy 4th of July. We wish you the... Best of luck, luck your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.